0: Welcome to Value Added, the real estate podcast where we speak with the brightest minds in the world of real estate who provide, create, and realize value in an ever-changing market. If you're a real estate professional delivering value to your clients, an investor creating value not seen by others, or a busy professional who passively invests in real estate to grow the value of their hard-earned dollar, then you're in the right place. And now your host, Nick Walters.
1: Hey, gang, welcome to another episode of Value Added, the real estate podcast. On this week's episode, we're chatting with Yona Weiss. Yona is a business development associate with Madison Specs, a Lakewood, New Jersey based. Cost segregation and engineering firm. They also have offices in Ohio, Dallas, Houston, and New York City. Yona is a specialist in the practice of cost segregation and is a sought after resource throughout the commercial real estate industry. Yona has hosted or been a guest on dozens of podcasts discussing the details of the cost segregation process and the benefits for investors and owners of real estate. He has also authored numerous articles for industry publications and as an expert in LinkedIn networking, he has mentored dozens in the practice of using the platform as a springboard to accelerate business opportunities. Yona graduated in 2002 with a Bachelor of Arts from San Diego State University and is an active volunteer in numerous nonprofit and charity organizations. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Yona Weiss, welcome to the show. Good to have you. Thank you very much, Nick.
2: A pleasure to be here today. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: My pleasure. Tell the listeners a little bit more about how you got to where you are today and a little bit more about your professional background.
2: Well, my professional background is, you know, I don't have as strong of a resume as most people. I I actually spent, after college, probably about close to 15 years, not doing anything what most what a lot of people would consider professional. I, I was uh, studying for many years. I was a teacher, although, you know, not as professional, but I ended up starting a nonprofit organization and I was really just, you know, trying to live and I had a, a family just trying to provide for them and uh, do what I love, which was my passion, which was just teaching and, and helping other people. So, so that, that kind of led me to um, you know, not such a strong income, which led me to find something else to supplement that. And real estate was just like a no brainer to me. I had a bunch of friends that were doing real estate and in many different capacities. And I just wanted to explore. And since I have such a love for for knowledge and learning and teaching, I just started learning everything there was to know about real estate. And as soon as I did, I, I found a newfound passion and really, you know, so many opportunities that just really opened up for me at that time. So that's kind of a little bit of my history. I, I went on to you know, be a commercial mortgage broker for a little while, a residential broker. I just try, literally just trying to get my feet wet in every which way um, I could. Did a few fix and flips with with a partner, a friend of mine, and quickly learned I did not want to do any more of those. And then I ended up um, you know finding a job with this company, Madison, which was kind of out of the blue, but wound up being a great opportunity for for me and for them um, quite frankly, which has led me to become a cost segregation expert. Which, which really, you know, if you think about it, I'm only as an expert as because my team is is really an expert. It's The largest national cost segregation firm, I've been doing this for decades. So really, I had the opportunity to sit with and you know learn side by side from the the real experts in the industry that didn't have the same uh, passion of teaching and the passion uh, of being able to to help other people, you know, through various platforms that I did. So it was a great kind of coupling of that, that I could now take that knowledge to the world.
1: So let's dig into cost segregation. So I want you to take some time to explain to our listeners what cost segregation is and how valuable it is to both the active investor as well as the passive investor. Okay, well, that should be quite a task. It's, uh, it's,
2: but I, I'll break it down as simply as possible because like you said, it's. Simply put, it's a way to depreciate each asset, each component of a building um, at a different rate. So let's take a step back and understand depreciation because depreciation is somewhat confusing. It's a tax deduction that the IRS gives you from your income tax when you buy a property, okay? And basically what that allows you to do is take the entire building cost, okay? You bought a building for a million dollars, even if you only put down two, you know, 200,000 that building cost that $1 million now can be a tax write-off. You literally get to write off from your income tax, the entire cost of the building. Um, but you do that over a long period of time. So generally speaking, it's over a 27 and a half period time uh, timetable, which you know, we're talking about multifamily. That's the time over that other commercial properties are on a 39 year schedule. So that essentially allows you to take about two to 3% of that purchase cost. And every single year take, you know, one 27th and a half, whatever, if there's a way to say that over of, of the building cost over a, as a ta- income tax write-off each year for the next 27 years. So conservation comes in and really, Part of the tax code that discusses depreciation actually puts different assets and different types of property in a building on different schedules. Now, if you don't know any better or your accountant doesn't know any better or is not proactive, you'll just take that entire cost and lump it as one sum and take a little bit of deduction every single year. But the proper and the correct way of doing it is actually cost segregation. is actually breaking down that building into different components. Like for example, you have Personal property, things in the building that are not part of the structure, shelving, you know, I'm looking just in your room, any type of plants or, you know, any type of furnishings or equipment. Um, you can take all of that on a five year schedule. That means you can take the entire value once you have identified what that value is and take that value as a tax write off over the first five years. Okay. So we're essentially taking many times multifamily properties, you know, 15 to, to Thirty percent, okay, of the building value, the building cost, as a front-loaded tax deduction, as opposed to taking a two to three percent tax deduction every single year. Um, so, how that affects, you know, you and you and me, how that affects passive investors, active investors, it's going to affect them differently. And essentially, when you Due depreciation, okay? And I, like I said before, this is automatic, you know, deduction. You put this on your tax return, which allows you to reduce your income tax liability. Let's say, you know, take our example again, a million dollar property. Okay, you bought it for a million dollars. You're making your net operating income, how much you keep in your pocket after all expenses, after paying the mortgage, after paying, the, you know, all the um, utilities, you're left with, let's say $70,000 net operating income on the year you all automatically detract from that depreciation, which is another expense, yet a paper expense, because you get to keep that money in your pocket. Let's say that's about $30,000. Your straight line depreciation. You're at 127 of a $1 million dollars. And you can literally only pay taxes on $40,000 remaining. However, comes consternation and says, wait a second, let's take more deductions upfront. And we can essentially take, you know, 70, 80, $100,000 as a first year tax deduction, first five years tax deduction, and reduce your income tax liability to zero. Okay, that's essentially how conservation works. When you are an active sponsor in a deal, okay, let's say you own an apartment building and you have investors alongside with you, each person, according to their shares, according to their percentage of ownership, will have a percentage of what they're getting from that property so you'll have your percentage of income and you'll have your percentage of expenses including depreciation and so that's how it gets passed kind of flows through to each each party member and i'm simplifying things because there are many different ways to structure this but it, in many cases that's the uh that's how it works
1: what are the similarities and differences between cost segregation, and accelerated depreciation? So
2: essentially, they're the same thing. I mean, accelerated depreciation, if you want to get really technical, there's, um, you know, for any accountants listening here, there's something called straight line depreciation, which is just taking the entire lump sum and dividing that equally over 27 and a half years. There's something called um, double declining balance or 200 declining balance, and there's something called 100 declining balance. And so in a technical sense of the term, that's one way to accelerate depreciation that you can actually um, front load a tiny percentage to those earlier years and, and lesser in the later years over a 27 year period. But when we talk about cost variation, what we're doing is accelerating that depreciation as well. And that's essentially the same thing. So you're taking you know, the five year property and accelerating that to actually depreciate on a five-year schedule. The 15-year property, which is stuff like land improvements, we're taking all that, identifying that, and putting that on a 15-year schedule. So we're accelerating the process of those assets as opposed to lumping everything together in 27 years.
1: For our listeners out there who don't understand being able to front load this huge write-off this is one of the biggest advantages of owning commercial real estate income producing real estate there's no other investment where you can write off the value of a a depreciating asset what commercial real estate is secondly you're able to accelerate that the the depreciation write-off from a 27 and a half period to a five-year period or a seven-year period, your general partner, if you're a limited partner, your general partner, their business plan is not to hold this asset for 27 and a half years. So right. being able to reap that full tax advantage during the hold period is tremendous. Wouldn't you right. agree with that, Yona? Take, take
2: the benefits now. Why why miss out on those tax deductors that you're allowed to take? It's It's like you're being offered you know, these extra tax deductions. And just by, you know, I guess a combination, in many cases of laziness, or or just ignorance on the part of your, you know, your accountant or yourself, it's just a matter of You know, doing it and learning about it and doing it, then taking advantage of, uh, of the tax deductions you're allowed to take advantage of.
1: Also, when you look at the pro rata share of of a limited partner's profit, that ability to be able to to write off the depreciation in the, you know, the shorter end of the, you know, of the hold period, you're able to juice those returns considerably. Uh, with that additional write-off. Absolutely. Let's move on. I I, want to stay within cost segregation, uh, but I want to dig into a deal that you've recently been involved with uh, while you were consulting with a a past acquisition. So walk us through a deal that you have been a part of in recent memory where a developer, investor, they hired you to consult uh, from a cost segregation standpoint and... At the end of the day, the savings that you saved this company. Uh, walk us through a deal like that. Sure,
2: uh, it's important to note that the the savings, the depreciation deductions, are, are going to be the same. You know, if the building is the, the the same type of building. What I mean by that is, you know, you may have a multifamily building and you're getting you know a 20% tax deduction. Of that cost in the first five years. And you can front load that into the first year with a new tax law called bonus depreciation. But the being able to actually benefit from those deductions, that's actually different. And that's what I want to point out here in describing a situation. Um, you know, so we can our listeners can better understand if this is gonna benefit them as much. So there's something called the real estate professional. This is an IRS term. Okay, this is a tax term that if you spend more than 50% of your time involved, basically you're full-time in the real estate profession. Okay, If you're a broker, manager, you're buying deals, you're, you're, you're operating, you're doing construction, all that kind of stuff, and you're involved in that, you now get to use depreciation and any form of depreciation, cost get a lot of it, to offset your active income as well. So generally speaking, depreciation is a great thing because it's used to, you know, offset the income from your properties. But if you have too much of it, if you, you know, have more deductions than you have income, if you're not a real estate professional, you're limited to how much of those deductions you can use uh, off your, to offset your other income. Um, So if you're a real estate professional, that's why I want to point this out because you know, we can create a million dollars of tax deductions, but if you can only take a hundred thousand dollars of those tax deductions, you're just creating what's called a passive loss. And so you're not necessarily benefiting from it unless you're a real estate professional. So that's why I want to, you know, point out a great story. Um, a client of mine who's, you know, now a friend, he's one of the top brokers in his county, a uh, real estate broker, residential broker. You know, he's doing hundreds. I mean, I literally, I think uh, I interviewed him on in my podcast and, um, as well, and he, he, at some number, like over the past three years, he's closed like over a thousand uh, deals. So that's like a deal a, a week. I mean, it's like, you know, a crazy amount, a deal a day, something like that. It's like a crazy amount of deals, like him and his team. He has a whole team working under him, but anyways, very top, top broker. He's doing, you know, making millions of dollars, uh, but in commissions, right? And he decided to go into real estate investing as well. In his real estate deal, because he's making so much money, he wanted to put it into to assets to, to reap those benefits. He didn't know about tax deductions, he didn't know about depreciation and conservation. So he paid, he told me the year before you know we met, he he had paid about 350000 dollars in income tax. Okay. So he made, you know, over after all his other, you know, depreciation from his regular properties, everything else, made, you know, well over a million dollars and just getting taxed at a very high rate. We came in, did a costing on one of the buildings he purchased for $4.5 million. Okay, multifamily building, $4.5 million. We ended up finding um, over $1 million of accelerated depreciation in the building, which means, you know, instead of taking about $100,000 deduction every year, um, he was now able to take a $1 million deduction. And we, he did what was called the 100% bonus depreciation, which allows you, the new tax law allows you to take the entire amount of accelerated depreciation in year number one. So he took all of that in the first year and literally, you know, told me he did not pay a single dollar in taxes that year, the first year since he's been a broker that he hasn't paid any tax. So that's the type of, you know, deductions we're talking about when we're, we're able to create, you know, these type of tax benefits that people, especially if you're a real estate professional, you could benefit from. Had he not been a real estate professional, he would have been able to use that those deductions only to offset income from his properties. Okay. And so if you are a W2 worker or you have any other type of job and you're not a real estate professional, you may not be able to benefit from this as much.
1: This is a great example because I'm a real estate broker. So I have a residential brokerage audience. Uh, So I think this is a, a perfect example of being able to utilize your career as a, you know, a real estate professional. And if you are or are not investing in real estate, um, this is a heck of a way to take advantage of, right? To take advantage of.
2: Exactly. If you're a real estate broker, you should be investing in real estate in order to, to reap the tax benefits that come along with that. Because if not, you literally, you're just missing out. Um, it's like, you know, it's like having a a golden, uh, a golden ticket, right? But never knowing that you had it, right? It's like under your pillow and <laughs> you have the winning lottery ticket and it's just, it's under your pillow. You, you never know about it. So that's what the real estate professional status is.
1: I also wanted to ask about the timeline. You purchase a, an asset. Is there a window that may expire on being able to reap the full benefits of a full cost segregation study?
2: Um, there is not, you know, there's not really a window. I'd say within the, you know, after five, six years, that's really where, um, you know, the, the main benefit will run out <clears throat> because you don't have to do the cost study in the first year of ownership. You can actually do it retroactively. You can get those tax deductions uh, without having to amend your tax returns, you know, as far back as you want to go after five, six years, depending on the size of the property, it actually makes, you know, it diminishes the amount of, of tax benefit you'll have from it because a lot of those assets have already fully depreciated, but you still can get that. So I would say, you know, it's definitely worthwhile to look into what it's gonna look like for you if you need those tax inductions. That's probably, you know, one of the reasons we offer a free service Well, we'll actually run an analysis of any property to show people and help educate people what your tax benefit would look like, you know, if you did a conservation study versus if you didn't. And just looking at a timeline over you know the next five years or you know, 10 years or whatever, what are my tax benefits gonna look like? It, it's really incredible to see almost a no-brainer, you know, once you look at those numbers.
1: Let's shift gears a little bit, Yona. Uh, I want to talk about your involvement and your your utilization of social media. Uh, We first connected through, I believe it was LinkedIn. You have a great following on LinkedIn. Uh, You've recently started a a Facebook page uh, more geared toward uh, real estate professionals networking around the country. I want you to walk me through how your social media efforts have evolved over the last, you know, handful of years and, you know, let's dive into some of the the various ways that you're, number one, developing business through social media and number two, being a connector as I am, you know, utilizing those platforms to, to connect people around the country.
2: Absolutely. Probably three years ago, I didn't even you know, really know what social media was. I mean, so much. So Obviously, I knew what it was, but I never really used it. I had a LinkedIn profile probably for about 10, 12 years, right? But it was more like a place to put your resume, you know, when people are looking for jobs. And that's what it was. A couple of years ago, LinkedIn kind of had a big shift. And it turned into like a social media networking, uh, not, not just networking, but really like an engaged platform of people creating content and using it as a, yeah, like, like a networking platform, as opposed to just like a resume and, and, you know, headhunters and job, you know, seekers platform comparing, you know, really competing in a way with Facebook. At least that's how I saw it. Yet it still retained that, you know, very professional uh, demeanor. Uh, You know, a lot of positivity, a lot of inspiration, you know, not, not too much casual stuff going on there. So I kind of, um, was drawn to it because I liked that professionalism and I liked that I was seeing, you know, people who were really cared about personal development and cared about, you know, professional development. And I found a lot of like-minded people. That being said, you know, it was no longer relegated to, you know, those people that you know, that you went to school with or that you're friends with. It was really more about how can you actually network and expand that network to a national or, you know, even international platform. And I saw very quickly that there were people creating content and getting a lot of exposure through that content. So I saw it as a medium to, you know, kind of just spread the word about what I was doing as, as business. Cost segregation was something almost no one knew about. And I started off just, you know, posting regular regularly every day for, for a long time. And people started reaching out to me and more curious about it. And I found that, like you said, being a connector, was really what made all the difference. So, I made a conscious effort to do whatever I can. It's kind of more about my personality that I like to help people. So, a lot of my posting and a lot of my engagement on social media is less about you know me, you know wanting to just put myself out there. I know there are a lot of people out there that are just like me, 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 right? My approach is a little bit different than that. I, I, I try to approach about you, 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 like trying to help other people. So, a lot of that involves. Engaging on other people's posts. So, commenting, because that helps their posts be spread out uh, to a further network and and connecting other people. So, that's why I created this Facebook group recently, Real Estate Connections, which is really just an, the ability for me to kind of bring really big hitters in the real estate world and people that want to grow and want to network. And I've kind of used you know, myself as like a platform for other people to connect with each other. And I did that as well by creating a virtual real estate networking event. So I do that every week now and it really just kind of started because of the whole COVID-19 situation. We can't go outside. We can't go to an in-person networking events. I decided to create an online one. And so I was able to do that, doing it on a weekly basis. And it's an incredible thing, bring people together from all over the country. And again, like-minded people, people who are interested in learning, who are interested in growing, who are interested in networking, and I think it's a great privilege that I have to, to be able to, to do that.
1: Yeah, that's great. It's uh, it's, it's been a great way to uh, be able to connect with fellow professionals that kind of had that same mindset, yeah. all great stuff. I'll, I'll be able to uh, link that to the show notes. Also uh, I want to plug your uh, podcast. I believe it's called the Weiss advice. Uh, just take 30 seconds and uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast.
2: So I've over the past few years, um, because of the social network and everything, I've actually been a guest on over a hundred mm-hmm. podcasts, uh, you know, mostly probably almost exclusively in the real estate world. And that's given me an ability to kind of use this platform indirectly uh, and getting my message across. But through that, I've seen the incredible uh, power that a podcasting has, and I really enjoy doing it. So I enjoy talking to people. And I'd like to be on the other side of the mic also asking questions. That's really why I started Weiss Advice. Less about subject matter. Uh, There's a lot of podcasts out there that are, you know, dealing with subject matter. We can learn a tremendous amount from them. But mine is more just about people and kind of bringing, again, using that as a platform to kind of connect people. So I'll bring in, you know, guests of mine who are, you know, people that I know in my network and just share some knowledge that they have, some insight and advice and, you know, stories or what have you about their journey and uh you know sharing that with uh with my network
1: we're going to conclude this episode with the hard-hitting questions these are the questions that we ask every one of our listeners i like to start out the hard-hitting questions by asking what is your why
2: my why is a combination of two things one is my family so i have beautiful family wife six kids and, you know, giving back for them, providing for them. And that's really, in the end of the day, what it all comes down to. The the, the second thing, which is really coupled with that is, is you know, I want to uh, provide, you know, a bigger, just an insight really into to the whole world. And that's kind of why I'm so big on social media, that, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish, I'm outwardly, you know, Orthodox, Hasidic Jew, but I'm a little bit different than than a lot. And the, the thing is, I, I like to break stereotypes. So I want to kind of spread that message that, yeah, you can be different. You can be who you are. It doesn't matter what you are, what you look like. If you are out there to help people and provide value, then you know, you're going you're gonna to do well in this world.
1: I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing that. Next, besides your alarm clock, what gets you out of bed every morning
2: um it's really my relationship with with god i'm a very spiritual person i get up in the morning every morning and and pray you know that's the first thing i do Maybe the first words out of my mouth and for the first basically 2 hours out of my day it's all focused focused on that
1: what's one book that you've read that has contributed to your overall success or contributed to growth in your life
2: there've been so many but one i'll choose uh is a book called crushing it by Gary Vaynerchuk. So it's a sequel to Crush It. So that was great also, but Crushing It was really more a lot of personal accounts of how to use social media to bring value to people and to, you know, to grow your business. And so that was very insightful. I I used a lot of that as practical wisdom to apply.
1: I'm a big fan of Gary V. I have been following him since probably since 2008 when he was still doing wine library tv videos on his own Mm -hmm. gary vaynerchuk is uh he's a hell of a marketer next question how do you like to pay it forward
2: you know helping people out like i said i use my social media to help other people like literally i'll i'll do posts someone looking for a job i'll use my network and my platform to to advertise that or i'll i do a self sunday promo on my linkedin so anyone can post anything in the comments about what they want to promote themselves. And so that, you know, gets thousands of people looking at that and an opportunity for someone who may post something on their own page and get, you know, 10, 100, you know, 200 views on that no one's really looking at it here they'll do it online, and and many people many many more people get to see that
1: yona you're a graduate of san diego state university (laughs) what's one piece of advice that you would tell yourself now graduating from san diego state when you did
2: find a mentor find someone who you know you look at what your goals are what you want to become find someone who you think has accomplished that uh, or even has you know further along the way than you and just just follow follow them by asking them the questions you know s- sitting by their side uh, just watching what they do.
1: Yona how can our listeners get a hold of you or learn a little bit more about you?
2: best way you can find me on LinkedIn uh, that's where I spend a lot of time. You can also go to Um and there you can find a lot about me you can find about cost of irrigation there you can find about our podcast and you know everything else
1: Yonah Weiss. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for your time and adding your value today.
2: Been a pleasure, Nick. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a rating and a review, which will help us introduce the podcast to other listeners. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which will give you access to other episodes you may have missed. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next week.